Good morning, everyone. Um, and if you're joining us on Facebook, would you write something in the comments so we know who is worshiping with us? Even if you watch later today, write something in the comments. We'd love to know who's with us. You can also write your prayer concerns in the comments. We would love to be praying for you. I have some announcements for you. Vacation Bible School was online, it was virtual, and it was absolutely amazing. And you know what? If you missed it, you can go back and watch it all summer long. You can watch it over and over again. Uh, and it was great, so make sure you uh, let the children's ministry know how much you appreciated that. The United Methodist Women had an online auction uh, this past week for local missions. It was a lot of fun, so we thank the United Methodist Women for that. And the United Methodist Women wanted to thank all of you uh, all the money raised for local missions. JT, do you know what that number is for local missions that they raised? I'm going to tell you, JT. $3,010. So thank you, everyone. Amazing. So uh, thank you again for, for helping the United Methodist Women. This Sunday, uh, for our sad news, this Sunday is Pastor Carrie's last Sunday with us here at the church. Uh, we had a drive-through uh, at Portico where you could drive through and say goodbye just a little bit ago. But you know what? Once this COVID stuff settles down, we're going to have a big celebration where you can come and see Pastor Carrie and give her a hug. So uh, we're going to have that as soon as, as soon as things get a little better. So you're going to want to make sure to be a part of that. Would you send Pastor Carrie a message today too? Let her know how much you care about her. Um, my last announcement is uh, to, this Tuesday, the 30th, we have some meetings uh, here at the church. We have trustees at 4 and at 5 o'clock finance. Then a board of stewards meeting at 6. Uh, the 6 o'clock board of stewards meeting will be in the gym. And for those who uh, don't feel comfortable coming quite yet, it's going to be online as well, so you can still join us that way. Uh, and make sure you also check out our Vacation Bible School Celebration Recap video that's on the Facebook page as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are thankful that we can come to worship today. Pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds this morning and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Would you join me in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure and a joy to be able to worship with you today. Uh, you are connected to Gaston First United Methodist Church, whether you are here with us in this beautiful sa historic sanctuary in downtown Gaston, or whether you are sitting at home or on the back porch or at the lake or wherever you are, we feel a connection to you. We love you, and we long to uh, to see you again. And But for now, we are worshiping together and we are serving together and ministering to this community together. Uh, part of our ministry to the community and uh, through this church is your generosity. So I want to invite you uh, to participate in your prayers and your gifts and your service. Even though you can't minister to us in your presence right now, your presence online is what we want. Um, we want you to give and give generously as you support your church. We want you to continue to love your church by what you give. Go to our website, fumcgadston.org, and you can give online that way or through our church app. You can drop an offering in the mail. Uh, you can bring it by if you let us know. We'll, we'll accept it, and it will go to further the ministries of this church, this great church that uh, we know that you love. We, we gather on Thursday nights. If you, uh, I know that you love this beautiful sanctuary. I know that you love being here. I know uh, that it is special to you. Right now we are open on Thursday nights from 5.30 to 6 for our Thursday night worship service. And we are continuing to do that because it's a way that we can have a small gathering and we can space out and we can do so in a safe way. And we wear masks and we don't sing uh, have congregational singing. We do all of the things to try to protect each other because we love you and we want you to be safe. We are not at this time going to be gathering in our normal tradition service and in our normal celebration service like we had thought we would do. And the reason is, is the cases in Alabama continue to climb. Our uh, hospital beds are filling up and this is uh, is growing at a more rapid rate now than it was when it first started so we do not feel comfortable we don't think it's wise and prudent to gather together 
um, in large gatherings like we had thought we'd be able to do. We will do that just as soon as we can. We will have a get together and say our goodbye to, to Carrie and her family just as soon as we can. Uh, but until now, we'll continue just to meet on Thursday nights at 5.30 and you're invited to, to join us then or just no matter what, we're gonna continue to do the online worship and uh, we want you to continue to be a part of that and invite your friends to do so. Uh, now I want us to pray together uh, and we'll let this be our prayer for our offering. And uh, I'll also invite you as a part of this to join us and pray together right where you are, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray together. God, our Heavenly Father, it's with humble hearts that we bow before you today. It's with humble hearts because we realize that um, you are great and you are worthy, but we know even now as we bow before you of ways that we have failed to, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves. There are ways that we have failed to live up to that example of what it means to be a Christ follower. So we stand before you humbly asking, Lord, that you would forgive us and that you would help us to go forward in strength and in newness and uh, with a burden lifted off of us. We stand before you today, Lord, with humble hearts asking for your healing for our land, for your healing for this world. We ask for you to give wisdom and give understanding and discernment to all of those who are trying to come up with a, a treatment and a vaccine for this pandemic. We pray for those who are sick with this and those who need a healing touch in other ways. We pray for doctors and nurses and all of those who are trying to make a difference and for everyday people who are just trying to love their neighbor and trying to make a difference in this world. God, pour your grace on us. And Lord, we pray that as we continue to worship, even when we worship just online, that your spirit would move upon us because you're everywhere. There's nowhere that your spirit does not blow like a fresh wind. So today, as Pastor Carrie preaches, we pray, Lord, your anointing on her and that she would make the word come alive for us, that it might make a difference for us, that we might make a difference for those around us. Now, teach us to pray the prayer you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Will you pray with me as we prepare our hearts to receive the message for today? Gracious and loving God, we praise you and we thank you for your amazing love for us. And God, we are so grateful that you are with us each and every day and that you guide us through the ups and the downs and the changes and the unexpecteds of life. And Lord, that you can see the entire plan. You have the map laid before you because you laid it yourself. And so, Lord, we pray each and every day as we continue to engage our relationship with you and follow your guidance as we study the scriptures and spend time in prayer, Lord, that we will trust the path that you have for us, Lord, that we will trust the steps that you lay before us and that you will give us eyes to see and understand. And Lord, also that you will give us hearts to receive and be grateful. We love you, Lord, and we thank you so much for your love for us. I pray that you will hide me behind your cross, that you will take the words on my page and the thoughts in my heart. And Lord, that today's message will take root in each and every one of us so that we can go into your world and share your love and your good news with others. In the name of Christ, we pray. So today, I'm not going to lie, it's a tough day. It's a tough day. I have known since the end of March that this day was coming, and now it's finally here, and I don't want it to be here. I'm not ready. Um, But that being said, even though my feelings are not quite on board yet, my faith absolutely trusts God's guidance to close this chapter and to begin a new one. A new one for me, a new one for Gadsden First, a new one for Trinity in Huntsville. Um, God has laid out the plans for us, and we are following those plans. Even though our family was content to stay in Gadsden until the end of our days, we love it here. Um, God has opened every door for us to be in Huntsville, and we know that there is a reason for that. And we also know that God is opening the door for Gadsden First Methodist for the next chapter and the next plans that he has for children and family ministries, as well as the next pastoral leader that will be among you. I have no doubt about that. Even still, I find myself asking the question, why such a short chapter? Why such a short chapter? And perhaps you've asked that question before yourself. Maybe you had a job opportunity or a relationship or some other good thing in your life that didn't last as long as you thought it would. Or it didn't last as long as you hoped it would. Um, I don't know how many avid readers are among us today, but I did a little research and, and... understanding why authors use short chapters in their novels and I kind of had an idea just from from reading myself but but I wanted to hear exactly what they had to say about the matter and and from the research that I did the purpose of short chapters according to novelists um, these are some of their reasons for using them Uh, they want to create a rapid pace and a sense of action in their novel they use short chapters to provide changes in mood setting and viewpoint. They use them to be a gift to readers, especially younger readers who don't have the stamina for the long haul of a 70-page chapter in one sitting. 
Short chapters provide a place to pause in the midst of the story. And then short chapters also cause you to want more. You think, oh, I can just read one more chapter because it's only a few pages. And you end up reading five or six more chapters in that. So if I think, if I take those words, action, change, a gift, a place to pause, causing you to want more, I'll take that as a description for this short chapter, at least on my end of the deal. Um, I also considered when I was thinking about life's short chapters, what the Bible had to say. I looked at the short chapters within our scriptures. Um, you know, as, as pastors, we tend to gravitate towards the larger books of the Bible, the ones that we can dig into for a sermon series or a Bible study and, and take some time with that. Of course, we often preach from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because they focus on the life of Jesus, which we should do. Um, and we, we also tend to pull our inspiration from other large books like the Psalms and Proverbs, Isaiah, Genesis, or some of Paul's longer letters like Romans or First and Second Corinthians. Um, but, but I got to looking at a list of the longest, I mean, of the shortest books in the Bible. And as I looked over that list, uh, just some of these scriptures came to mind where I thought, where would we be without all these short chapters, the value and the power and the meaning of these short, short, um, short chapters? And, and I just want to share a couple with you. Uh, Philippians is actually one of Paul's shorter letters. And, and we think about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. You know, where would we be without that scripture that has given strength and encouragement to so many people um, at different times throughout their life. Uh, the book of Ruth is also on that list of shorter chapters in the Bible. And, you know, we think about the story of Ruth and, and all that that entire book gives to us. But then many of you perhaps have used a, a verse from Ruth in your wedding. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where would we be without Ruth? in our Bible. Um, when I graduated from high school, we were asked to provide a quote that would go like under our picture and under our name in the, in the yearbook. And so I chose a scripture that is on the, the shortest books of the Bible list from another one of Paul's letters from Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord and not for people. So I wouldn't have had a senior quote without a short book in, in the Bible. Um, then another scripture um, on, on, from one of the shortest books, from the prophet Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Uh, a defining scripture for me in, in recent years of my life. And, and I'm so grateful that that short chapter was included in the Bible. Um, and then the last one, just to kind of highlight for a second, um, the book of Jonah. And I know for me, at many times throughout my life, and as I consider my calling, particularly even now in this moment, where God called me, as he called Jonah, to go to Nineveh, to go to Huntsville, to go somewhere where I wasn't quite ready to go yet. And um, what could have happened if I had followed the same journey as, as Jonah and, 
and turned away from God's calling and not done what God wanted me to do, we might have all ended up being thrown out of a, out of a ship. And we don't want that to happen, do we? Right? So, so all, there's so much value, so much richness, so much goodness that comes from the short chapters. And we don't want to miss that. So that being said, as I you know, read about all of these things and prayed through all of this and read through the scriptures, um, kind of where I've landed today and something that I want us to think about is, is the purpose of our life's short chapters um, is summed up in a quote. And this is a quote that I received uh, my senior year when I graduated from high school. Um, uh, just a, a wise and loving and good matriarch of my home church um, in, in Sylacauga, Wesley Chapel. She had cross-stitched this quote for me and put it in a frame and, and given it to me. And, and it's a quote that I keep in my office. And if I hadn't already packed it up, I would have it here to show you. But anyway, I keep it because this, there's such uh, wisdom and such value in this quote. And it comes from Corey Ten Boom, a survivor of the Holocaust. And this is what it says. Every experience God gives us, every person he puts into our lives, is the perfect preparation for the future only God can see. And so when I think about, you know, novelist short chapters, and I think about biblical short chapters, and I think about this quote in the midst of that, every short chapter we experience, the long ones too, but the purpose of the short chapters, every chapter is given by God, it is guided by God, or it is used by God to prepare us for the future only God can see. God knows what lies ahead for us. God knows every hurdle and every opportunity. God knows every need and every calling. And, and of course, the chapters have value in and of themselves in the moment of. Um, but beyond that, there is without a doubt um, a person, a lesson, an experience that comes from every short chapter that is essential for our success for our success in what is to come. Now, I can say today without reservation um, that even though my chapter at Gadsden First is so much shorter than I had hoped, I mean, really, 20 months, because that's, that's what it is, 20 months, that is not long enough at all, um, I will forever be grateful that God brought me into this chapter. I cannot tell you how much I needed every single person that I met, every single experience I had, every single opportunity I was given during this chapter. As a congregation, you have shown me the beauty and the, the power of being a healthy church with a huge heart for Christ and a huge heart for our community. Daily, I was inspired by your work, by your ministry, by your relationship with Christ, by your goodness and your faithfulness, your hard work, your generosity, and I could keep going. You inspired me, and I'm so grateful for that. Being part of the staff here at Gaston First has, has truly been like being part of a family. Our work has been collaborative and, and creative, and, and no one works alone. There's no islands that are out apart. We work together, and, and everyone genuinely cares for one another and supports one another and prays for one another and, and has each other's backs. 
Um, not to mention that we have a little bit of fun every once in a while. You know, just, just every once in a while. It has been such a gift to be part of the staff family here at Gadsden First. Um, it, it was also an absolute blessing to serve in a context that incorporated my family. Um, to, to have my children be a part of my ministry. To be surrounded by just an unbelievably supportive community of Christian families has been an indescribable blessing. It's just like our village has multiplied since we have been here. And that has enriched me not only as a minister, but also as a mother. And I am so grateful for that. We have made friendships that I believe will last a lifetime. And, and again, I will forever be grateful for this chapter for that. Um, hopefully, though, it will come as no surprise to anyone that the greatest blessing of all of this chapter has been the children. They have been such a joy to my soul. Uh, we have had lots of fun, lots of fun together, learning the Bible and loving Jesus, uh, laughing about who knows what, you know. I mean, with kids, you never know what's going to come out of their mouth, right? We have sang and danced, and we've made all kinds of fun crafts, which, you know, is right up my alley. I could do crafts all day long. I love it. Um, and playing games and, and that. Um, even more, though, their questions have stretched my faith. Their insights have inspired me. Their prayers have blown me away. And, and their love has just ministered to my soul. And, and I don't know that I can say when I came here that my cup was running over. But I can truly say today that my cup is just overflowing. Uh, my soul is is just pouring out at the brim, and, and I have all of you to thank for that. And so for these reasons and so much more, without doubt, I have had the best job in the world for the last two years. Every single aspect of our ministry together has enriched and strengthened and blessed my heart in indescribable ways, and I will miss you more than you will ever know. But even more than that, uh, when I think about the quote, and thinking about the preparation for the future, um, the value for what I had in this time, but also the value for what I will take with me. Um, there is so much through this chapter, through the people that I've met and the lessons that I've learned and the experiences that I've had that I know is preparing me for what God has in store. Um, and it has changed my perspective on life. It has changed my perspective on ministry. And, and I believe that you have enriched me and made me a, a better Christian, a better wife, a better mother, a better minister. And, and I'm excited about seeing where God leads that. But two particular areas that I, that I want to lift up. Um, Sam has been an excellent model for collaborative ministry. Um, and, and it has been such a gift to, to work with you and to, to work under you, um, because you don't you don't make us work under you. You you call us to work with you, and and that has been such a gift to um, to take an idea, you know, take something that God has laid on our heart, and we bring it to the table. Whether it's within the staff or the vision team or the children's council, any any you know group of leadership here, and then 
with everyone together, God just stirs it up and, and turns it into something beyond our expectation and beyond our imagination. And it has been such um, an, an exciting and uh, a beautiful process to be part of that collaboration. And so everywhere I go, I will seek to bring that to the table if it's not already there. And then also, uh, one of the things that I kind of felt early on in children's ministry, because this was new for me, I had never done children's ministry, and seeing the child is connected to the family and wanting to pour as much into the family as, as I did into the children, and that's something that I will take with me no matter what context uh, of ministry I'm called to, whether I'm called to work with adults, um, because everything is generational. We are connected to our people. And so to bring family ministry in a way that I never have before is something that I will take with me. And, and I have you to thank for that, um, to, for being such engaged families, and not just parents and children, but grandparents and aunts and uncles, and then those chosen family members um, your whole village being a part of raising up a child in the way that they should go. Um, and, and so, again, I will carry that with me wherever I go in whatever ministry capacity I'm in. As I have considered the purpose of, of our short chapter for me, I also ask God for insight into the purpose of this short chapter for Gadsden First. You know, why did you send me here? You know, what, what role did I play in what God is doing at Gadsden First? And ultimately, y'all are going to have to decide that. But as I was reading through some of the, the short books, the short chapters of the Bible, there was one particular book that kind of seemed to articulate what I hope I have left for you. Um, and so today, 2 John is where we're going to spend some time in the Word. Um, I know y'all might be thinking, is she ever going to read a scripture like, and focus on it a little bit? So here we go. We're going to do that right now. 2 John it is the second shortest it's one chapter, and it's also the second shortest book in the whole Bible. And so we're going to read the whole thing today um, and, and focus on it and, and reflect it. And it's short, so don't worry. It's not going to take forever. Um, but this, it was a letter written by an elder, a leader in the church, to, um, likely to a congregation. But the way that it's worded is that, it, that it's written to a, a lady and her children. And again, you know, the church as the, the bride of Christ. So again, it was likely written to a church, but, but as I read it, in so many ways, it sounded like a letter that I could have written uh, to any of the amazing families that I've been blessed to work with here at Gadsden First. And so, um, again, we're going to read through it, and I'm going to share, again, what I hope that I have left uh, for, for Gadsden First to build upon. So it starts um, in verse 1, the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. Now, as every ministry chapter comes to a close for me, I look back over it, as I imagine most pastors do, and probably all of us do when we're changing chapters in whatever way, to consider those successes and those failures in, in, in that chapter. And of course, there are things that I look back on and wish I had done differently or had done better. Um, but one thing that I will take with me to celebrate about my ministry here at Gadsden First is leading the children through two children's Bibles, um, which when you think about 20 months, like 
That's kind of exciting, right? And so in 2019, we studied the Jesus Storybook Bible, um, and we did this during children's church, and I sent home one of these Bibles so that families could read it at home and, and kind of reinforce the lessons that we learned in church. And then during quarantine, we have had lots of time to spend in the Word of God. And so we went just from Sundays and Wednesdays to having a daily Bible break where we have studied the children through the American Bible Society Read and Learn Bible. And this week, we've got one more week left, and we will have completed the, this entire children's Bible. And um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home and when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. In other words, let the word of God saturate your life and your family. Above anything else that I hope that I have done, um, I wanted to equip our children and our families with the word of God so that we could do, just like Deuteronomy said, to learn to keep these words in our heart. My hope in, in everything that we've done was that the children would enjoy the Bible, that they would, they would want to engage it, that they would want more and more of it as they learned and experienced God through its words. And my hope was also that our families would read the Bible together, which is again why we sent a copy of this home with every family, um, so that we could do as Deuteronomy 6 says, recite these words to our children and talk about them wherever we are, at home, away, when we're lying down and when we're rising up. Uh, that the word of God would be part of our daily conversation and part of our daily rhythm. As Second John continues in verse 4, it says, I was overjoyed to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we have been commanded by the Father. And let me just tell you, I have definitely found some children walking in the truth. Some of our children pray the most powerful and precious prayers that I have ever heard. Some of them just pour out their heart powerfully and passionately as they sing, and the freedom with which they worship is, is just inspiring. Some of our children have drawn some of the most beautiful pieces of art, expressing what they've learned from the Bible and, and experienced in worship, and I have been blessed to be given some of those pieces of art, which I will cherish forever. Some have shown, I've heard stories of them sharing some of the lessons that we've learned about unconditional love, the love of Christ to friends at school, and particularly those who have been kind of left out or pushed aside or are going through a particularly difficult time. During the quarantine, I know that at least one of our students even led her family in Bible study every Wednesday night because we couldn't be together in church. So she was going to make sure that her parents and her family went to church. They sang, and I mean, they did it all. And, uh, and so again, uh, without doubt, I am definitely overjoyed to have found some of our children walking in the truth. And so my prayer for this short chapter 
as it comes to a close is that is that we will continue to do just that that our families mine included that we will continue to dig into the word of god with our children and that we will continue to make god's word a daily part of again our lives and our rhythm and our conversation second john continues by saying but now dear lady i ask you not as though i were writing you a new commandment but one that we have had from the beginning let us love one another and this is love that we walk according to his commandments this is the commandment just as you heard it from the beginning you must walk in it and these verses articulate something else that i hope I have, I have imparted and continued in our children and our families during this short chapter. Every time we learned a Bible lesson, we talked about and, and asked the children to consider, how do you live out this lesson? What, what is this Bible verse? What is this Bible story telling you to do? How are you supposed to treat your parents now that you've heard this? Or treat your brother and your sister? Or treat the people that you meet at church? Or p treat the people who are not nice to you? What, what is this Bible story teaching you? Um, what are we called to do because of what the Word has taught us to believe? And, and in the midst of that, you know, we also tried in the Children's Council to be intentional about providing service opportunities for our children on a regular basis so that they could put their faith in action. And so, you know, we... we um, led them in you know, doing different things for some of our homebound ministry um, people and, and going to visit and seeing with people at Regency Point and other um, assisted living places. And, and we collected supplies for, for children who didn't have as much Christmas or as many resources as we had through a shoebox ministry and the after-school programs and uh, giving opportunities to serve as a community Thanksgiving meal and just engaging in random acts of kindness. Um, and all of this was done, again, to teach the children to know the truth and also to help them walk in it, to do, as Second John says, to walk in love, to know the truth and walk in love. And what is so amazing is that Gadsden First is such a mission-minded congregation and provides such a foundation for our families to do that and so my prayer is that our children and our families and our entire congregation will continue to reach out and to branch out and to speak out in the love of christ so that we know the truth and we walk in love just as second john says the the book the short chapter continues by saying this Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Be on your guard so that you do not lose what we have worked for but may receive a full reward. Everyone who does not abide in the teaching of Christ but goes beyond it does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Do not receive into the house or welcome anyone who comes to you and does not bring this teaching. For to welcome is to participate in the evil deeds of such a person. Now this portion of the letter points to an area of ministry where I wish I had done more. I wish I had done better. Essentially, it's a warning about what we let into our home. Um, it's not saying that we shouldn't be hospitable to people and even people who, who are not Christ followers. Instead, it is a warning for us to not give platform to things that are not of Christ. 
Um, and you have to think about, in the early church, they didn't have buildings and pulpits like we do. Their churches were operated out of homes. And so when, when we welcome someone into our home the way that they're talking about, it's like giving the pulpit to them to share whatever message they have. And, and you know, hospitality and sharing the pulpit are different things. And so, again, this, in the context of our families, is a warning about what we allow our children and what we allow our families to have access to and then to be influenced by. You know, there's that song, be careful little ears what you hear, and then be careful little eyes what you see. That's exactly what I believe this portion of the letter is about. Um, you know, there are all kinds of things that are in our world, and technology right now in this moment is an amazing gift because it's connecting us in worship and Christian community, and it has been such a gift for us during this quarantine. But as a parent, in the midst of our continually increasing techn technology world, it is a dangerous tool as well, and one that as parents we have to be so diligent about making sure that we know what our children are exposed to. Um, technology, among other things, has opened a new door to more discreet and deceptive ways for bullying and predators and hate talk and all kinds of other things that are not of Christ in our world. And so, um, you know, that, that is something that as uh, the Children's Council, we had talked about having parenting small groups and seminars and guest speakers and other resources to help us navigate through this tricky terrain, um, to help us protect our children and to help us stay connected to our children. Um, and, and so my prayer is where we didn't get it done, I didn't get it done, that the next chapter, that this is something that we can see come to life and just let it just let it grow and blossom and change the lives of our families and every family that comes in contact with our church. Second John closes, as am I, by saying this in verse 12 and 13. Although I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink or emails or text messages or a Facebook live post. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk to you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister send their greetings. In other words, when this quarantine is over and there is time for that everything we missed children's celebration, you better believe that I am coming back. And verse 13 says, Zachary and Savannah want to come back too. And I guess Tiger does too, I don't know. But we're coming back for that, right? We're going to have palm branches and an Easter egg hunt. And Sam suggested that we have sparklers for Pentecost because we're not sure the city's going to get down with some fireworks right here in the middle of the streets. But who knows, maybe they will. We're going to have inflatables and some good food. And we're all going to wear our Vacation Bible School t-shirts and sing, We Are, We Are, the Knights of North Castle. And all those other songs that we've been learning through, through these last uh, 20 months. And I am going to see at least one more time all of you face to face. Again, one of the Bible's shortest chapters, 2 John, provided a pretty good framework for me to reflect upon and to close 
this amazingly rich, joyful, and healing short chapter we have shared. I want to say to everyone here at Gadsden First Methodist, thank you. Thank you for everything that you are. Thank you for what you are for God, for God's kingdom, for our church, for me. Gadsden First will forever be a bright spot in my ministry, in my life, and in my heart. You have blessed me more than you will ever know. So keep digging in to the truth of God's word. Keep walking in love. Keep serving in compassion. Keep working for justice. Keep making the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And until I can see you again face to face so that our joy may be complete. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our closing hymn today is one of my absolute favorites, which is why we're going to sing it. Um, but I hope that this will be the prayer of your life. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. We have been given an abundance of resources in every aspect of our lives. And when we offer it up to the Lord, the blessings are overflowing and God can do amazing things. So may we offer up our lives so that God may consecrate them and use them in mighty and powerful ways. May we go from this place today and every day knowing the truth 
and walking in love. Until we meet again, go in peace. Amen. Thank you.